You're listening to the Antos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories in the pursuit of being and truth. I'm Mac. And I'm Vaughn. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. More than one person. Oop. No, that's the one before. Sorry. It should be no surprise that Ellen became such a powerful Alamancer. It is a well-documented fact, though the documentation wasn't available to most, that Alamancers were much stronger during the early days of the final empire. In those days, an Alamancer didn't need Duralamin to take control of a conjurer or colossus. A simple push or pull on the emotions was enough. In fact, the ability was one of the main reasons the conjurer devised the contracts with the, with the humans. For at the time, not only Mistborn, but soothers and rioters could take control of them at the merest of whims. The beads of metal found at the well, beads that made men into Mistborn, were the reason why Alamancers used to be more powerful. Those first Mistborn were as Ellen Venture became, possessing a primal power, which was then passed down through the lines of nobility, weakening a bit with each generation. The Lord Ruler was one of these ancient Alamancers, his power pure and un- unadulterated by time and breeding. That is part of why he was so mighty compared to other Mistborn, though, admittedly, his ability to mix Ferrochemine Alamancy was what produced most of his most produced many of his most spectacular abilities. Still, it is interesting to me that one of his divine powers, his essential Alamantic strength, was something every one of the original nine Alamancers possessed. So there were nine original Alamancers. I know. I thought I, I was thinking. I was like, I remember when we were talking about it before. I thought there was more, but nine Alamancers. Hmm. So. Like most things with these, um, most of the chapters we're going to go over this week are going to be pretty short, and we're going to nerd out over the epigraphs even more, because they are excellent. But we are going to open up this week with uh, Demu having survived. That is the good news. Demu was a part of the, the I think they said something like 15% to survive the, these, uh, the, the mist sickness. And we get a Vin point of view. Vin is reading the logbooks uh, and they're saying, you know, what they've been saying. The deepness needs to be destroyed. It mentions that Alindi sensed uh, a sentience in the deepness, which we now understand is like maybe ruin. Something is in the in the in is actually sentient. There's the mist spirit, which is still up in the air whether or not this is ruin or not. Essentially, um, but there is something in the mist, and Vin essentially puts it down and goes, "Well." What am I doing? Because if there was anything even in this logbook that could have helped, Ruin would have altered it already. So I, what I'm reading here must might not even be accurate facts. And, you know, we understand it to be true because when had uh, found the logbook, it wasn't binged into steel or anything. It was literally a book. So Ruin, it was definitely a fair game for anything Ruin could have altered at this point. But, uh... She takes on Kelsier's uh, view here of there's always another secret, and she just remembers that moment of him, you know, the moment you nerded out about in our first, the first book here of Kelsier just having the heist moment of breaking everything down and coming up with a plan. And then, like, she says, we we thought that overthrowing the final empire and overthrowing the god emperor was impossible, and now we're faced with another circumstance where we're we're potentially trying to overcome a literal god, and so you know, we can do this, and she has just refused to give up. 
Um, another thing she realizes is like she feels like there's a, a logic to ruin, you know, and we, we got that a little bit in the epigraphs where it's like people think ruin is just some, you know, force of destruction, but there isn't ruin thinks, you know, there's there is a logic to ruin. And she's like, ruin feels like consequences, you know, she, he doesn't act just randomly. He's a thinking force. So she has a little talk with Ellen and Ellen has this fear that he's becoming more like the Lord ruler. And she's like, no, you're, no, like, no, you're not. And But he makes some really good points about him being more like the Lord Ruler. He says he wants to protect and everything, uh, protect everyone. But he discusses how nobles used to beat their children to, to snap them, right? He, everyone, every noble child at some point would be beaten nearly to death. And to, they said they even you would lose kids on occasion because yeah. of how hard they would have to beat them. Yeah, but this was to determine whether or not there was an alamancer in the family, right? And Ellen says something that shocks Finn. He goes, was it wrong of me to stop these beatings? Because at at now, even the most, you know, now the most, we need Alamancers. We need them bad. And she's like, no, of course it wasn't wrong to stop the beatings. He goes, I know that. But like, I also can now see, you know, how the Lord Ruler ran everything and how while it was ultimately wrong, it was the most effective way to run things. And he's like, I'm not, he goes, I know I'm not becoming the Lord Ruler, but I am very much learning to understand him more and more each day and why he did the things he did. And, uh, you know, that's kind of a rough thing to, to come to terms with, that you're like, man, I'm just becoming more and more like the person I got rid of, and I kind of have to. You either die a hero. <laughs> <laughs> or you live long enough to see yourself become the Lord Ruler. Mm-hmm. Um. But we get a little bit of light, light understanding here, right? You know, we get we, we, we leave the sad boy hours. We leave the, the Ellen thinking he's becoming the Lord Ruler. We leave the Vin uh, having to consistently fight with Reen's voice again. You know, we leave all that. And we get happy old Norton who is so oblivious to everything but the science and the math, which is, you know, just kind of a fresh take. He comes, you know, skipping in. He's a happy obligator. Um and but he's a scribe that's been helping well uh, Ellen since the Well of Ascension and helping him like put everything together. And he's been mentioning how they've been tracking the mist to learn how to like stop it. Essentially, they're trying to learn you know how many people die, why is this happening, is it taking more sick people than young people, what's going on with it, and they're trying to learn how they can deal with it. And after doing some recalculations, because Vin's instincts are like killer, uh, they realize that exactly sixteen percent. Of the population, wherever they are, that get exposed to the mist, exactly 16% get sick. Mm -hmm. That includes the people who die and the people who get better. It's exactly 16%. And when Ellen's like, is this a a fluke? They start going back through everything. They go, no. The only time that it's not exactly 16% is when it's impossible to have 16%. You know, it's like having, you know, 17 people there. It's impossible to have. uh, It has to be a multiple of five. Yeah, essentially. But those are the only times. Otherwise, it's as close to sixteen percent as possible. And Ellen's like, "Could this be consec- uh, You know, could this be a coincidence?" And we go full back to Vin's whole conversation with this stuff. She goes, "It's not a coincidence. It's a consequence. It seems like there's a law that we just don't seem to understand." And that's the end of chapter twenty-one. Chapter twenty-two. Really quick point of view here. Sazed is in. Last time we left him, he's in Terrace. You know, well, I mean. He's in the central domicile around Terrace, but he's in the Terrace refugee camp is what I meant to say. He's at the pits. Pits. And 
it's so funny. You know, Sazed, we can still see that Sazed is a good person and it's pulling through here because even in his, like, even at this point of, like, peak depression, essentially, he's still like, hey, by the way, you know, I'm not your king or anything. I don't want to be in charge, but y'all should really, you know, develop a government. Y'all should find a way to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to settle disputes, you should really start storing food. You should be ready to help people if they come here. I'm not telling you to do this. I'm not commanding you, but I really highly suggest that you do this. <laughs> so he's literally being a leader while claiming he's not. Um, and ultimately, you know, he he's really still trying to come to grips here, you know, with the whole terrorist people. Because they keep asking, why aren't you wearing your minds? Every time they see you, why aren't you, why aren't you wearing your minds? And he's just like, yeah, yeah, you know. Just doesn't even answer. But the big thing we see here is that, and he even says it to himself that at the end, he goes, you know, I can't just give up. I have too many people I care about. And while his head's not 100% in the game, it's not 100% out either. He's not going to give up and he's going to keep traveling. He's going to treat, keep trying to help them. Um, but he he's still left pondering a, a single question when he leaves, which is, the mist are not killing any of the terrorist people, and he does not know why. And that's the end of chapter 22. So both of these kind of dovetail together pretty much, you know, about the mist. Like, mm-hmm. we, you know, previously debated or they debated about whether or not it was a natural phenomenon or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'd be, it going after exactly 16% of the population, except for the ones on terrace. Yeah, and we we get a little bit of hints, right, in the in the epigraphs before this, where the epigraphs themselves, whoever is doing them, confirms, you know, that the mist is not a natural phenomenon on on the, here. Right. And so, while the the characters are still learning that, we have that knowledge already in the back of our minds, and it is affecting exactly sixteen percent of whatever population gets exposed. That's interesting. The other thing is that this is kind of a weird. Um, this one is when I, if I, when, whenever we do our philosophy of Brandon stuff, this is another chapter I want to come back to is chapter 21 because it's a lot of Ellen sitting back. And, um, I said that in, in Well of Ascension, uh, it was like Ellen was just this idealist that just got slapped around and it was just like, mm-hmm. how stupid are you? How dumb are you? You know? And here he is going, man, how dumb was I thinking? that I could make a world, you know, that's better or anything like that. I should, you know, every every good thing I've ever done is like just had this big backlash. I should not have let the beatings go away. I shouldn't, you know, here I am having to conquer people. I wish there was just some other way I could do this. And I'm like, bro, you're a misborn. Like you have the literal ability to manipulate people's emotions. You are almost unkillable, you know, from a practical standpoint. And you also wield, you know, a extremely powerful army. You know, what exactly are you not able to get done? <laughs> he's sitting here. He's like, and again, maybe this is it's, it's funny because we had a, like, a whole thing in Well of Ascension, you know, talking about how, you know, feckless and, you know, inept everyone was or however, you know, what power they didn't have. But it's like, now you control Coloss. You have a whole Coloss army, which we basically show, showed that could obliterate most any other army. The yeah, only we, we saw how devastating they were in Well of Ascension, right? But the only city <clears throat> that has a, a wall protecting it, you are in control of that city. Um, you have all the resources that anyone would have because you've got these large caches of. What exactly are you sitting here like, man? I just I, ca- I can't stop being a terrible person because. 
being a terrible person is just how it has to be. You know? I mean, that's I think that's a little unfair. Um, now we're now there are events that are going to come up that are going to show you know show some stuff, but it just is this kind of surprising to me that he's just like going here, going, man, I can't not be a bad person. Ugh, I isn't mean, that terrible. No, but I mean that's but that's the problem though. He can't right. He doesn't want to conquer a city like, but like up to this point, that's what he's been doing. He's been conquering with an army. I right? mean, kind of, but I'm just saying even, that even even conquering diplomatically, he's basically like their whole diplomatic pressure is you're screwed without us. So like, yeah, you I either mean, come with us or you die. You're not, you know, I, I get it. I mean, I'm, I get it kind of, but I kind of don't. It's just weird that he's like, I'm he, like, he makes the points of like, stop beating children. Right. And his whole question is that he's like, did this I make is, a mistake? Did I make need a, Alamancers? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's actually a valid concern. No, I get it. I understand that. Um, you know, and Vin's like, you stopped the beating of children. How could that possibly be a bad thing? He's like, I don't know. May I just did the, took the one thing away from us that could have helped. And I'm like, but, but did you, you know, like what you're going to, you're going to have child soldiers. That's the other option, yeah. right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. here's the thing. It's only been a year since ruin's been out. What what army of Alamancers is waiting behind the doors? See, that's the fair point I was going to say. Is even <laughs> if you got 50 new Alamancer children, you know, you you just laid out in the past couple of chapters that y'all are all going to starve to death in like a year anyway. But not even that's what I'm saying, but not even not even if you get 50. If you got 20,000 Alamancer kids, are you going to have a child ar- army of child soldiers? <laughs> like he's re- like, yes, <laughs> but but you see what I mean? It's like I'm like I'm a little like, dude. This is one of those. This is why I'm saying a philosophy abandoned thing because this is me thinking this is the author sticking out and saying, "Here's what I believe and see." Yeah. Um. And you know we'll get into more of that when we get when we get to that point. Um. But uh, the. Other thing we so we talked about how you know the other epigraphs talk about more about how the alamancers used to be stronger, and we got hints Ooh, of that, yeah. And we see like what it required is required to like take over a coloss, take over a chondra. Basically, right now they have to throw everything they have at them to be able to, ha- to do it, but apparently, before you could just go, Nick, no, no, Ellen doesn't have to. Like, that's the thing that that's shown, right? When we saw Vin grab the coloss army and Will of Ascension. She had to do it in like spurts of like 50 coloss at one time or something like that. She had to go around and grab piece by piece. We saw Ellen in these beginning chapters. The minute the Steel Inquisitor was killed, he Duralamin, he Duralamin soothed and grabbed the entire 50, what was it? What was it? 10,000? 10,000, right? The entire like 10,000 strong coloss army at one time. Well, that is a, that is a pure alamancer with a Duralamin push. Well, but the other thing is that we remember the Lord Ruler. He was also he would he would like soothe like thousands of people mm-hmm. in in like an area, and all the way around him, he was constantly soothing. Um, but we could we could apply that to also being a little bit of Ferrochemy, most likely. Well, what, what part of Ferrochemy allows you to do emotional alamancy there? I don't, I, I don't know of any part of Ferrochemy that would, he would be able to bolster himself with. That's true. The only Ferrochemy that, that we understand, at the, least. The only combined Ferrochemy alamancy things that I can think that he would do is compounding, you know, which we were talking about with how he kept his life, you know, going mm-hmm. around. And then, like, steel pushing. He could make himself heavier and then be able to steel push. And his super powerful steel pushes would mean he wouldn't move. Whatever he's pushing it against would move. That's fair. So so even in the epilogues, like, or epigraphs, rather, we learn that um, 
the Lord Ruler was basically as strong as the Alamancers of old. The only reason that we saw him do like these amazing things was because he was able to combine certain things. But that's fair, yeah. His strength in Alamancy should have been just him, you know, being a pure Alamancer. So, um, yeah, I mean, these guys, these guys would be like super duper strong because even Vin is considered like very, very gifted for, you know, compared as a Mistborn compared to everyone else. Yeah, could you imagine Vin with like Ellen's raw power? Kind of crazy. But, uh, yeah, no. So we have <clears throat> the the beads themselves, right? It mentions that there are nine original Alamancers. Yeah, I'm gonna guess. I mean, he meant like nine Mistborn, um, because well, I mean, I don't know, uh, because he did that, that. That is exactly what it said uh, was not the, of the nine original Alamancers. Um, that's the big thing here, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I'm assuming Mistborn as well, obviously, because when in this epigraph when it's talking about. Uh, the Lord Ruler, or it mentions that the, the Lord Ruler is one of the like ancient Alamancers. That's what it's talking about. So I assume that it's being misborn here. But they also can't say that. They also can't say there were just nine there because they came with the mists and they existed with the deepness. Uh, at least from what we know from mm. the logbook. Yes. I mean, but the logbook. So that's why I think I the mean, nine original be, yeah. Alamancers, I think, were more like the nine misborn. Yeah, that that makes mo- the most sense. Nine Mistborn. But yeah, no. I think it's really interesting here that that was the case, right? Because we now know the cool part though is we now know how, you know, the the lore, the, the what is it, the steel the steel ministry's religion talked about how the 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 lord ruler granted his loyal followers Alamancy. Right. So And now we know how he had those beads. He had the beads and so and he was, must have nine people that he Stuck the, the, like the nine or the nine original noble families but yeah so this one i think is good this these two chapters again they're going to be very slow and moving forward probably starting next week sometime we're probably gonna... slow i don't know about slow. i'm oh, sorry i mean short i don't mean slow short yeah the second one the second chapter was really really short but they like the the bombs that are dropped here are like talking about mm-hmm. the the 16 the 16 uh, uh, or people get affected uh, with the uh, with the mist, mm-hmm. which is a clearly a weird thing, and somehow they don't affect they don't seem to affect the people of Terrace, mm-hmm. which is also kind of weird that they didn't notice that. But again, there's only a few people Terrace refugees, so I guess that kind of makes some sense. Yeah, the, the I mean the Terrace refugees are all in the pits, and they probably don't have time. They're not going around. It's something Says had made note of that mm-hmm. that, that was the case. But <coughs> oh, excuse me. Um, <coughs> so. The big thing here is that these are a little bit shorter, and I think starting next week, we're probably going to start pairing three, potentially four chapters an episode at times when they get really uh, when they get really short. But that is actually a benefit to this style because the thing that I love, and you know, this isn't spoiling anything. The thing that I love is in the Sanderlanch in Hero of Ages. There's been so many characters built up that the reason the chapters are so short are because they're going to be jumping between multiple characters' point of view while they're in the same point in the timeline. Right. And it gets, just gets so cool. But uh, yeah, going forward here, you know, we are going to be looking forward to seeing Spook again and kind of getting a little bit more insight on maybe what the heck's going on, maybe what he's seeing, maybe what he's hearing. Hey everyone, Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. 
You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ontos. That's patreon.com slash O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you.